All right, well, we're wrapping up our series today and uh, it's called uh, Hope Rising. And, and I like to do something a little different when I close a series out. And that is that we just kind of hit the review button for a minute. So we're gonna, we launched this series like six weeks ago with this anchor verse, right? That was found in this Old Testament, very old uh, book that we have called Isaiah that says to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. We said that is, that is the, the phoenix rising out of the ashes of our lives. And this is the business that God is in. And and we had six weeks, six amazing weeks of unbelievable sermons. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Guys, take this way too seriously, okay? <laughs> like, what was so amazing? <laughs> no, but we had six really powerful weeks where we felt God move in our hearts and our lives, where I rambled about something and then the Spirit of God turned it into something powerful in so many of our ears, right? Which was very cool. And week one, we, we started talking about what does it mean to say that God is good? We talked about how God has things under control even when life is out of control. The second week, we started to tackle this idea of loneliness. We said that loneliness can be very loud, but if we'll learn to listen in those times that God will whisper truth. We talked in week three about doubt, how doubt really is a part of authentic faith, that when we come to a space where we can say, I believe that God is able, I hope that God will, but I embrace that God might not that that embracing that God might not, that doubt is a perfectly reasonable, normal part of faith. And when we actually live into that doubt, we actually bring the divine, we bring God's activity into plain sight because it's not this imaginary pie in the sky, false sense of faith. It really is that there is a part of faith that is doubt. And in week four, we talked about depression. We talked about how depression works. We talked a little bit about how we as followers of Jesus, how the church hasn't done a great job all the time of embracing and loving and walking with people in depression. And uh, that the church in Jesus provides safe light for those whose souls are in the darkness of depression. Week five, we talked about relationships and purpose and unconditional love as being so important when it comes to addiction, as we think about addiction, and as we try to discover what does it mean to walk with someone in addiction, ourselves walk out of addiction, whatever that might be. And then last week, we talked about fear. We talked about how if we can learn to pray with friends, that is the beginning of standing against fear, the beginning of overcoming fear. And we looked and we saw how Jesus himself did that. Jesus had fears and he leaned into and relied on some of his closest friends. So we've had six weeks of information. That's a lot. And you know, it's really easy to go into information overload. It's really easy and we do it all around us. Our world is just filled with more and more and more information. And we do it in church too. Every week we come in and we give you a new talk, a new lesson, a new something to think about. And then six days later, you show back up to drink again from the fire hose. And so here's something that I started to do a few years ago is as often as I can, I try to hit the pause button and say, no new information. No new information today. So there's no talk notes to fill in, nothing like that. Because here's what I know, and this is what I've come to believe deeply, is that information doesn't produce transformation. It doesn't. It's great. If information produced transformation, we'd all have huge muscles and be eating perfectly, right? That's what we would do, but it doesn't produce transformation in our lives. Experience 
friendships, stories, all these things are a part of transformation. So what I like to do is when we end a series, end it with communion. So we're gonna have communion today and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. And to just pause with some reflection and encouragement of one another, right? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says that let's not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of of the Lord's return is drawing near. Now, We understand that drawing near wasn't quite what they thought it was when the writer of Hebrews wrote this. They got that one wrong, but that's okay. There's a spirit, there's an attitude of expectation we're supposed to have as followers of Jesus. But it says we gather to encourage one another. And here's, I know there's lots of ways that we can encourage one another. One way we do this is through our stories, that your story is an encouragement. And so today is an invitation to be a human being and not a human doing. (laughs) We are human doers. We live in this fast paced world. Here's your next step. Here's what you can do. We got Oktoberfest. We've got pumpkin spice, all these things. And that's good and wonderful. But for the next few moments, I just wanna invite you to be a human being, to just be, to be in the midst of whatever you're walking through, whether it is a challenge, whether it is a surprise, whether you're experiencing God, whether this is your first time here and you're like, what did I walk into, right? Whatever it might be, I just give you the invitation for the next 30 minutes or so to just be, to be in the moment, and to experience what God has for you. So we have a video of some stories. I got to sit down with four amazing, normal people and just hear how over the last six weeks, God has been working in their life, how the topics have been intersecting their everyday normal life. And it's so encouraging. And so we're gonna watch this video. It's about 18 minutes long. And I wanna encourage you while we're watching this that you listen, listen to their stories. Consider who do you relate to? Who do you connect with in this video? Does their story resonate with you? Consider how you might answer the question that's being asked. What happens if you were sitting and having a conversation and you were asked this question, how would you answer? And then in a few moments, we're gonna sing some more. We're gonna experience God through music and through communion. But again, I'll talk about that in just a minute. Until then, just sit back, be a being, listen, explore what God might wanna whisper to you through this time for being here tonight for this kind of new experience for our church to have a bit of a conversation around what we've been experiencing. And so we want to just have a bit of a conversation around our everyday normal lives, like how God has been moving and speaking through this topic of hope rising, which is really about uh, the ability and the business of God to take the things in our lives that feel like they've just come to ruin almost, uh, but yet bring something beautiful out of it. So uh, thank you for giving your time. Thank you for being vulnerable, sharing your story. And uh, before we jump in, maybe we just take a minute and introduce ourselves to one another because we might not know each other. I'm Ryan. I'm the professional Christian of the bunch. (laughs) And uh, I'm super thrilled you're here. Everybody knows what I do in my everyday normal life, which is not all that normal for most people, but pastor here. So why don't we start here? Share with, just introduce yourselves to everybody. And yeah. Yeah, you bet. Well, my name is Aisha, Aisha Thomas. And, um, you know, I have uh, three children with my late husband. And um, we have been going to Crossroads for a really long time. Absolutely love it here. Uh, And I also am an elementary school principal in Fort Collins. And uh, gosh, we have just, we love Northern Colorado so much. It's such a great place to live and live and be. I'm I'm John. I'm uh, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. Um, uh, I'm recently divorced and um, I'm trying to figure out how to... uh, how to live life on my own 
but still be connected with my children and, um, and with other people. And that, that's one of the great things about this church is there's people all around. I, and, and I get to, uh, I get to do things that I love to do. Like I'm, I'm really into technology and, and, and stuff like that. And they let me play with the tools up in the, <laughs> up in the sound booth and that, you know? All right. Well, I'm Jerry. Um, and uh, we live up in Fort Collins and uh, been coming to Crossroads for quite a while too, about 12 years, I guess, and um, something like that. And uh, we have a handful of kids and uh, <laughs> quite a few, 10. And um, I'm a software engineer and uh, recently just started uh, in the last couple of years commuting. And so that's a new experience for me. So um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Very cool. Hi, I'm Jennifer. Um, I am a teacher in the Pooter School District. Um, I teach integrated services, special ed, mm. and I have two children of my own, two girls, so I live in a girl world. It's all pink. Um, and my, I have a husband, and he goes here, and um, he helps a lot with um, the church. And I've been going here even longer than I've been married to my husband so for about I've been going here for about 10 years well again thank you all for being here and sharing so the this series can be like can like really dig into you right like it it can be like exhilarating in one moment then like shut up stop talking the next moment and because we're talking about like really tough topics we're talking about like we did we launched with no small feet of like talking about what do you do with evil and the idea of a good God, right? And then we, you know, we talked about loneliness, depression, addiction, fear, like all the topics you want to talk about when you go to church, right? So I'm curious as to know, has it made a lick of sense? Has it made any difference in your life? The, the conversation that we've had, you know, in our experiences, but then on like Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And so maybe we'll start back here with you, Aisha. Was there a topic, a week, a thought um, that like hit you and you've been kind of walking that out in life? And then we'll just kind of work our way down and jump in as you all kind of see fit. But anything strike you? Absolutely. I think overall, the whole series to me, I just felt so lucky to be a part of. And because um, where I am in this season of life and living through my grief, um, to think about the goodness of God and choosing joy. And then how in my life, loneliness has showed up for the first time ever. And even a little depression has showed up for the first time ever. And so for those to be the first three topics, it was like, Oh my gosh, I think God really is trying to talk to me here. Um, so overall, I've absolutely loved the series, but I think that was a cool God Ooh, connection. For yeah, me. no, that's yeah. great. What, what I got out of it was mostly from, because uh, we're going through that book, Rising Strong, as okay, well, yeah, along yeah, with it, and uh, being vulnerable. Mm. Um, That's super easy, right? Yeah, really. No problem. Why don't we talk about that? Because, <laughs> well, oh, man. well, no, we, we uh, whatever we've got in our lives, we do things in our lives to make things easy, you know, um, and to make us feel better mm. instead of being um, vulnerable with, with our spouse, with our kids and that we, we hide, we go look at a book, we uh, drink some coffee or we'll, we'll go shopping or, or um, 
we do things to cover up. And I, I liked I liked the point that vulnerability hurts, but it doesn't hurt as bad as the numbness mm. that we, is that where I'm going? And numbing one part of our, our lives, the, the parts that we don't like numbs everything. It numbs the joy, it numbs the happiness. Yeah. I liked the... I like the addiction talk last week because um, growing up in a household with um, both my parents addicted, um, you know, it, it confirmed what I tried, how I tried to live through that. Mm. This idea of, of not just saying, well, you know, this is, this is a terrible, you know, it's a, it, you can make, how did you put it? You, um, as a society, a lot of times we, we look at the punitive aspect of it and, and we judge. That really resonated with me. In a well, lot it's of interesting ways. too because in, in both concepts of punitive justice and restorative justice, there's still justice. Right, exactly. Like there's yeah. still a wound in your heart and your life that, that has to be accounted for. Right. And there has to be healing and there has to be understanding of that. Like right. just to move from, from one framework to another does not mean. We don't have to reckon with the wound. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's not like a, a yeah, I can't it. ignore it. You know, yeah. and I tried that for a while. That didn't work. Too yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have yeah. to actually deal with it. So Absolutely. yeah, I could just really relate to having those victories and just being like, okay, God, <laughs> you showed up here, here, and here, and you know, um, having just really just poor expectations of mm. God or misplaced expectations oh, of God or really underestimating, honestly, really underestimating him more than anything else. We've, I've never underestimated God. <laughs> <All> <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Oh, that's yeah. good. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Jen. How did you guys like not start crying already? <laughs> I mean, a lot of it resonated with me because I was having a lot of trouble with God. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to cry, but it's It'll be me. It'll be me. Um, so the topic of evil just hit me so hard that, that there's evil in our lives that we can't, um, that we have nothing to do with. God was not a part of it, mm. but that God can walk you through it. Mm. And that... And also that he who feels it, and then he's with us mm. during that. And um, I grew up in a home with violence, uh, drugs, rape, um, anything you can imagine. And listening to you, I realized that God didn't make that happen. It's okay if I'm depressed. It's okay if I'm sad. It's okay if I'm crying. Um, it's okay if I walk through this with some doubt sometimes. But when you were saying that God is with me and that he's feeling what I'm feeling, I felt so not alone. Mm. It, it, I think it's that all-suffering God. Yeah. Right? We, we're so quick to want to jump to the all-powerful like God that can come in, but yet there is this massive element, this thread of of what we know through Jesus that God suffers with us, has suffered alongside of us because of the sake of love. Like you can't, it, it's impossible to have love without suffering, 
right? And one of the things that's difficult is a lot of us uh, in church world have grown up in traditions that have espoused things like God is in control. And to actually question that idea turns us into bad people without faith. And you say, well, wait a second. Like my real life lived out. I can't hold this idea that God is good all the time with everything that's happened to me or everything that's happened to my friend and say God's in control. I have to reframe that conversation. And sometimes we just have to give ourselves permission to trust that God's not going to strike us dead if we start questioning, well, what does it mean to say that God is in control? Like God doesn't have to be in control to have things under control. That was like mind-blowing for me to think. And, And it was so freeing. Why is it, in your opinion, that in a space that's meant to be community, shared suffering, like walk through life together, like the church, Mm -hmm. we still fall subject to that lie of we're alone? Mm -hmm. So maybe the question is, what can we do to end that nonsense? Like, what does it take for a community of faith like Crossroads, for us as individual people Maybe it's the vulnerability piece. Like, what is it? Do yeah, you think? I was gonna say. I mean, I think a lot of it boils down to vulnerability. Um, but it's it's two ways, right? Like, I I feel like a lot of times there's a I don't know what a, a desire or or just kind of a, a need that wells up within us to to you know keep up appearances, mm-hmm. right? To make it look like we have everything all together there's there's more to the story and we don't get that a lot and so we're like well you know i mean it looks like these guys pretty much have their stuff together and i don't so i'm just gonna kind of like <laughs> you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna make it look like i'm cool i've got mm-hmm. it you know i did that for years for example you know? yeah mm-hmm. so and it's it's easy to get into that trap and then just kind of go with it and people assume things right yeah. so. I the first your first uh part of the series i like bawled my eyes out and then I was like trying to hide myself as I kind of walked to get my kids um but then each time that you brought up another subject I was still vulnerable and then by like the time you got to addiction it's like whatever I'm crying picking up my kids and I don't care because you brought up these topics and made them like put them out there and I was like yes Yes, I feel this way. And if you see me crying, I don't care. Mm. You know, um, because being vulnerable is the only way that we get past these things. Mm. Like you were talking about that and you're like, come up here. I think it was the day you talked about depression. And you just said, just come up here. Mm. Come up here and be vulnerable. And the old me would have been like, "Mm -mm, no way. I'm going to be heading out now. I think I have like something to do. Um, But... I looked at a friend of mine and I looked at my husband and they were like, get your butt up there. All right, I'm going up. And I I came up and I was one of the first people up here. And then I looked back and there's people all behind me. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's not just me that's feeling this way. Authenticity, I think, you know, being who you are in church is the same person you are at home. And the same person that you are driving out of the parking lot and the same person you are, you know, it's it, we're complex people. But if if you bring that authenticity um, and for me, it's just about let's just seek God in every moment. I 
try to tell people I'm just a girl seeking her father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do in life. Right. Just trying to seek yeah. my father. So. Yeah. And I, That's scary. That's super scary. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and I understand being authentic. I I don't think I was the last ten years of our marriage. I probably wasn't authentic with my wife and my kids. They. Uh, Whoa. I was afraid to be me. Um, I was afraid to uh, let them know my hurts, habits, and hangups. And I learned from from a place like Celebrate Recovery that um, we can unload our baggage, let people know who we are, and they're still gonna want to hang out with us, you know. <laughs> and I'm hoping someday that I'm able to be fully honest with my kids mm. and fully honest with my ex-wife. Wow. I'm hoping. That's like monster stuff, man. Yeah. That's like swing for the fence living. Like, that's unbelievable. I mean, and I just think that's... I, and what I hear a lot of people saying is like safety is such an important space for these types of things. And to to be a community of faith is just safe to to be a mess it's safe to not have to have it all together because mm. we're loved in all the spaces and and almost trying to create a, a culture that spits out inauthentic like like seriously bro there's no way you're that good <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like we're just gonna be, be real here so i think that's great okay so one last question to kind of uh wrap it up uh what does that look like for you throughout the week in your life to maintain this relationship with an invisible God. At the beginning of uh, this year in January, actually, I set a goal to try to read the entire Bible. And um, uh, I've dabbled, I dabbled in the Bible previously. Mm -hmm. And as I started praying before I opened my Bible Mm -hmm. for for the Holy Spirit to flood me so that I would have discernment and understanding. Mm -hmm. And then I just got good at saying that prayer, (laughs) you know, and receiving the gift. Mm -hmm. I probably fail at this a lot, but I, I try to wake up and read um, read something out of the Bible. I got my app, you know, the mm-hmm. the Bible. The, what is that Bible? The U, U version, version app. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great uh, resource. Um, and then when I'm, because I'm driving out to Yuma, um, Colorado, up to Torrington, uh, over to Sydney all the time, 200 uh, miles there and back two hours whatever and um it's just time to think mm. and sometimes I put in uh sometimes I put in a book you know on audible mm-hmm. you can get uh, tons of books or sometimes I'm just listening to music mm. you know that that morning drive into work okay. praying is is a big one for me mm. uh right now um community and fellowship is another mm. one where I just I really really thrive on that. So that's, that's good. That's, yeah, it's cool. something that really works for me. Very cool. Well, you guys are all at a very different spot than I'm at. <laughs> and so, um, I'm at a spot where I'm busy all the time. And so God, the way that I find God and is through trying to find positivity. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I always play this one song that I just absolutely love. And my kids are in the car and they're like, no more of the song. Um, But it makes me feel happy. Mm. And it talks about just being fine. 
just being fine. Like, I'm just fine. I'm good. And that's me talking, like, God talking to me and saying mm-hmm. I'm fine. Thank you all for just being yourselves and sharing honestly, because the power is not in fitting some mold of what it means to be a person who follows Jesus. It means to be me as I navigate this world trying to love my neighbor, because that's really the only way I can love God. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know? And so your story is what's powerful. Your courage to share it and be a part of the conversation is so good. And I can promise you that you resonated with somebody today and that, you know, that's just how God works, that there's the right people in the room to, to hear the story and to say, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not in some place just myself, like wondering. So thank you all very much. We, I so appreciate it. Thank you all for being here tonight. You don't want to watch it again, I think. So. Would you do me a favor and stand up this morning? We actually, the nice thing about the next kind of 15, 20 minutes is it's your pace, it's your world um, to really answer and think about this question, like what is it that God is inviting you into? Maybe, there's, maybe, maybe you weren't able to be at any of the weeks, but you heard something in that story that just resonated with you and it got you thinking. That might be God's invitation. Maybe you're wrestling with where you can be involved and you, you heard some way to get connected. You know? Maybe you've been coming every week and there's one week that just stayed in your heart. And so this morning we're gonna have communion together. And so just very quickly, if I can just set aside, I know some of you, this, you might be new to Crossroads or new to this whole communion thing and might not be a part of, uh, you, you maybe have never been to church, you know, what's going on, I haven't taken the class, I didn't sign up, what do I do? Um, so here's the amazing thing, at Crossroads we have what's called open communion uh, because we believe that this is not our table, but this is God's table and God has invited everyone to this table. And so the qualification for having communion here is to be present. Are you here this morning? Then you're in. (laughs) Because really everything we do as a community of faith should always remind us about what God has done for us. It's never about what we can do for God. It's always in response to God's grace. And so we, we have this time every so often where we remember and reflect on what Jesus did for us. His ultimate purpose and mission was to reconcile us to God, to help us understand exactly how much God loves us because we have fallen into a lie and a deception that God doesn't love us, that we aren't worthy, that we are just sinners. But the truth is that none of that ever mattered to God. God was deeply, madly, wonderfully in love with every human being on this planet. And Christ came, Jesus came to show us that. And in his death, he shows us that there is nothing that God would not do to capture our hearts. And in his resurrection, he reassures us that we too will be resurrected to eternal life with God. And so we celebrate that today. And we do that with two symbols, uh, some juice and bread. The juice represents the blood of Christ that was shed for us, which goes back to the way in which ancient people thought about forgiveness. They thought about forgiveness and they understood forgiveness through a system of animal sacrifice. And Jesus came and closed that system and said, this isn't how God works, but I'm gonna show you how God works, this amazing love. And the the bread represents the body of Christ through some words that he had spoken. And this body that was broken for us 
And, and scripture tells us that we are healed by his stripes, that we can be healed of the power of sin and death and destruction and the wounds that we have committed towards others and the wounds that we have received that we find healing. And so this time of communion is a reminder of the healing nature of a God that is love, the one we sang about earlier today when we said our God is love. And so you're invited this morning to pause and reflect on God's love for you and for every person on this planet in communion. There's no class to take. There's no paper to sign, none of that. There's nothing magical about this. It's fairly stale juice and probably fairly stale bread. (laughs) It it, it is, they're symbols, that's all they are. There's no magic pixie dust, anything. It's a reminder of how we are nourished by the very presence of God in our lives through Jesus every day. So we do this to remind ourselves of it. And so in just a moment, we're gonna invite you during these next two songs to step out again from your seats and there'll be seven stations. They'll be up here on the front. There'll be some on the side and you go over and you'll get a cup of juice and bread. Uh, There is gluten-free bread in a small container on the tray. And they're just in these trays. If you're new to this whole thing, again, there's nothing special about the trays. It's just trying to be efficient. They actually kind of look like hubcaps. It's weird, one of them does. Um, And that's where the juice is in. Um, So, and you just grab that juice and that piece of bread And uh, the person serving may say something like the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. And uh, what I would just ask, and this might be different, I'm really not sure, but will you hold the bread in the cup and, and just hold it while we sing and then I'll come back out and we'll eat the bread and drink the juice together as a sign of unity because the one thing that we all have in common here this morning is the way in which God loves us. That's what unites us is God's love for us is equal. And it doesn't matter our race, our sex, our gender, our zip code, how much money we have. You are loved by God just as much as the person who thinks that God hates them or who hates God. You're loved as much and equal. And that's what unites us. So that's what we're gonna do this morning. And uh, as you have the bread in the cup, you might wanna sit and ponder. You might wanna stand and sing. Whatever you wanna do is fine. And then, like I said, I'll be back out and we'll do that together and just be in these moments. All right, so I'm gonna invite our ushers. There they are, they're in the back. They're, they're waiting for the queue. Here they come. And uh, while we sing this song, as you want to just step out and make sure you look around because the closest station might be behind you or in front, whatever it might be. And we're just gonna take our time this morning and just experience the presence of God that is found uniquely in this space when we gather together. All right.